everybody, and welcome to this month's Ace Ride With Us podcast. My name is Chris Roberry, and sitting across from me on the other side of the screen... Hey, hey, it's Derek Perry, Assistant Pacific Southwest Ace Rep. I'm so happy to be here with you again. So happy to have you back, Derek. Really appreciate it. Uh, Derek's actually down in Houston at the moment, so he's just only a four-hour drive away, but still, that's four hours away. That's quite a drive. Not for a theme park trip, but definitely for hanging out. (laughs) So on this month's podcast, we are going to be talking about all the new ride openings across the country, and there's been quite a few so far. It's been uh, wild. Things are picking back up. The coasters are opening, and uh, we were just in San Diego for the Emperor SeaWorld San Diego grand opening, which we saw that thing, you know, two years ago, we went on a behind the scenes construction tour and to finally ride it, we were so excited about it. And it's even better than I imagined it to be. We'll look forward to hearing a bit more about that. We'll also sit down with Sean La Rochelle and Will Pemble. And if either of those names sound familiar, you're absolutely right. They are some of the coolest makers in the entire fan community and some of their projects have gotten international recognition. So you'll want to stick around for that. But first, as always, it is time for the Ace Event Rundown to hear about events in your area. There are a ton of events to get to, so let's dive right in to the Ace Event Rundown. Start the month of May off right with an informal meetup at the newly opened Sesame Place in San Diego on Sunday, May 1st. That next weekend, join us for ACES Spring Conference at Busch Gardens Tampa and SeaWorld Orlando with an after-conference visit to FunSpot Orlando. On Saturday, May 14th, join ACE South Central for ACE Day at Big Rivers Water Park and Adventures. So, can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Place in Pennsylvania? That's where you'll find Sunny Days with Ace on Saturday, May 21st. Finally, you'll have to take your pick of three incredible events on Memorial Day weekend. You could do Ace Around the World at Worlds of Fun on Saturday, May 28th, or you can visit New Braunfels, Texas for SchlitterCon. And if the heat isn't your thing, check out CoasterFest at Quasi and Lake Compounds. Also, Don't forget about several park-sponsored events coming up this month and next. For a complete, up-to-date listing of all events, visit aceonline.org. Well, Derek, you're very fortunate and lucky because being down in the Southern California area, you had a chance to watch as a brand new dive coaster and the first one in California got built. How is Emperor? Emperor is fantastic. It's definitely an awesome addition to SeaWorld San Diego. And I'm so happy that they're just getting roller coaster after roller coaster. And Emperor really stands out because we don't have any BM dive coasters on the West Coast. It's the first one. And it's this one is nonstop. My favorite part of the ride probably is besides the first drop, which everyone loves that hold in the first drop. There's that unique barrel roll on it, which I think is really cool. And it's six across seating. So we don't have any other trains like that on a dive coaster in the United States. So that small train that can maneuver through those uh, inversions and really snap through, it's uh, something that I've never experienced before. Yeah, sounds like it's a lot of fun. And of course, there's another dive coaster coming to Texas here at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas later on this year. Dr. Diabolical's Cliffhanger, which is going into Fiesta, Texas. So it's going to be 
wow, it's just dive coasters everywhere. But that's not the only one that opened up recently. Uh, Busch Gardens Williamsburg finally unveiled Pantheon, and it was two quite nice reviews. Yeah, Pantheon, I was so excited for it. Uh, I love Intamin coasters, and I was, I love Busch Gardens Williamsburg. So I was like, oh, perfect combination. And we were able to go down there a couple weeks ago. We were so impressed with the ride. It's unlike any other ride that I've experienced with the, the swing back and forth, the launch forward and backwards, and the combination of elements. It's a really cool ride. And we especially loved it at night, how they light up the structure. You're going towards a light and all of a sudden the train veers around the light and you know, uses darkness you can't see. And then it surprises you with a little turn or a little hill or it's really something that was unexpected. So riding it during the day is awesome. But then at night, it was just a totally different experience and totally impressive. And the, I think my favorite part of my favorite seat on the ride, I think was the front row during the day. And then at night in the back, it really whipped you around. You know, it's funny how some rides just are day rides and some rides are night rides. I think the beast comes to mind pretty quickly of being a, a night ride and just being completely different from in the day. But it's glad to hear that uh, that tradition's continuing now with the steel coaster in Pantheon. Sounds like it was quite a difference, even though you knew the layout because you've been studying it probably for years, right? Course, it still course. surprised you. Yeah, I, kn- I knew it. And uh, just, yeah, going out at night, it totally changed it around. And I thought I knew what was happening, but it surprised you. And then like the little pops of air and the twists and turns, uh, it was a very cool ride. So I'm excited for everyone to get out and try it. So not to head back or backtrack on anything, but your area specifically San Diego actually had two coasters open up. How ridiculous is that? Of course, we're talking about what will absolutely be in everybody's top 10. Super Grover's Boxcar Derby at Sesame Place in San Diego. How intense is the airtime? Uh, super intense. Unlike <laughs> anything else at Sesame Place San Diego. We were such a surprise when they announced that SeaWorld or Sesame Place San Diego was opening. So it was cool to go to a theme park that had just opened. It's brand new. Everything looks super cool and bright. And it was a water park. And they still have many of the water slide attractions, but now they've added dry rides. And of course you can see Big Bird and he reads from a book and there's this awesome show and parade. And you'd think that it would just be for kids, but we had a great time. And I think it's for people of all ages or something there. And they're, they still have really big water slides. So the, the teenagers and the adults can enjoy the thrilling water slides and that super Grover boxcar derby, nothing like it in Southern California. (laughs) Yeah. I've always enjoyed heading out to the Sesame place parks because they have their own unique vibe to them that yes, it is definitely geared towards younger kids, but as adults, you can still enjoy it as well, especially when you have children with you because you get to enjoy that experience together. And that's really what it's all about. Right. Exactly. Everyone coming together and having a good time. And it brought me back to being a kid watching Sesame Street. And it was, you know, living, living our, our best kitty lives. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And just seeing the characters, it puts a smile on your face, especially when they're dancing around in the shows or the parade. It puts you in a good mood. Oh, absolutely. I was at the Sesame Place in Pennsylvania this past summer, and I'm not going to lie. When Cookie Monster looked at me and gave me a high five. I lost it. 
100%. No, no qualms about it. Like I was a kid again and I needed some nom, 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 noms. Is Cookie Monster your favorite? Absolutely. Who, who, how can Cookie Monster not be your favorite? Come on. <laughs> he loves cookies. He, he does, but he also loves vegetables now from what I understand. So he's trying oh. to be a balanced monster, which is good. You Keep know, different awful. times. <laughs> exactly. We also want to take a moment to highlight a coaster that folks may not have had a chance to get to yet because it's international, but Phonics at Faroop Summerland. Oh my goodness. This POV made this ride look spectacular. Yeah, I definitely want to get to ride it at some point. Those Vacomas are insane. And I just kept on watching the POV over and over again. It's like, I want to get out there and ride it. I'm always excited to go on any new rides, but I'm more excited to see all these rides opening because that tells me that the industry is strong and is making a comeback. So for me, that's the best part about seeing all these rides open. Exactly. It's so important. And I loved seeing Ace Europe's coverage of the new coaster and everything they're they're putting out there on social media. It's exciting that we have the new consolidated Ace European uh, region. And it's so fun to see what's going on over there. Uh, Absolutely. And a shout out to all of our Ace Europe region members. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hope you're enjoying the Ace Ride With Us podcast, and we hope to have you on real soon, too. So, Chris, I hear that there's this really unique coaster project happening. Do you know anything about it? I sure do, Derek. And now all of you get to learn about it, too. Well, when it comes to makers and maker spaces, the roller coaster industry, well, it's a pretty big deal. And when you get the opportunity to speak with someone who has made their own coaster, that's a pretty cool opportunity, right? Well, here's the thing. The next two people that we're talking to, they decided to build their own rides in their backyards because, well, why not, right? So ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you first to Mr. Will Pemble and Mr. Sean La Rochelle. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us, Chris. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Great to be here, man. So let's start first of all with uh, Will. What got you inspired to start building your own roller coasters in your backyard? Because you've been doing this for quite a few years. Yes, longer than any longer than any adult ought to, perhaps. Um, <laughs> so, so my story is pretty straightforward. We we had finished a summer vacation. And this was back in like 2014. My kid Lyle was 11. And we had just finished a summer vacation where we went to uh, Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, home of King Daka, and a couple of other pretty amazing roller coasters. And so Lyle and I went on some things. We came back and we were ready to go to school. We were living in San Francisco and school was the next day and Lyle was sad and we were recounting the, the adventures of the summer. And Lyle just said offhand, not even to me necessarily, he was just thinking out loud. He said, you know, it'd be really cool if we had a roller coaster in the backyard, because that way we could just, we could go to school and keep having vacations. And, um, and I don't think he even heard himself say that, but I heard him say it and it took me 60 seconds to decide two things. The first thing that I decided was that, or the first thing that I realized was that if I did that for him, he would, he would keep that with him for the rest of his life. He would talk to friends and colleagues in college, at work, his wife, his kids, all through life, he would have that adventure with him. And I wanted him to have that. And, and just as important to me 
was the fact that if I did this for him, it would prove once and for all that I was a much better father than my big brother, Larry. So, so for those two reasons, I said, absolutely, Lyle, let's get to it. And we got pencil and paper and we started working on it. And so that was the, that was the origin story was Six Flags Great Adventure and Lyle making an offhand comment that I don't even think he was aware of making. So, Wow. Talk about being the coolest kid in school and also the <laughs> coolest dad period that oh so your your dad has a pool that's cute mine has a roller coaster in the backyard <laughs> kind of sort of shuts down any conversation doesn't it <laughs> yeah i think i think the difference between me and lyle is he is the coolest kid in school and he's never ever tried and 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 all i do is try to be the coolest dad <laughs> work very hard at it <laughs> and then sean, sean comes along and i'm and i i'm i'm not even close so. That's true. So, Sean, tell us a little bit about your story and about some of your projects that you've taken on. Yeah, I mean, I think Will Will's definitely a part of that story because I, I remember the first time my, my younger brother, Michael, who's uh, another part of my group, which our group is called Magic Texture. Um, he I, I can remember he brought to me this video of of Will and uh, it was the. Uh, the big coaster he made, the gold boss. And I was just blown away. And I, I thought at that time, wow, that's amazing. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Now, fast forward a few years and uh, just a lot of different things came into place. One was well, COVID. And so we were uh, you know, stuck at home in quarantine, didn't want to go anywhere, nothing to do. And this video popped on and it was this family that had created this ride through of Pirates of the Caribbean in their living room where they, they pull each other to the house in a sled. Yes. And I was like, I think we can do that better. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I went to my brother who my brother, like I said, is the mechanical genius. And I'm like, here, Michael made some uh, pencil scratches on a, on a napkin. I think we can make the Matterhorn. And, uh, I don't think. Well, well, well let's let's start. Let's we'll, let's hold on one second because that's a fantastical jump to go from sketching something out on a napkin to I think we can make the Matterhorn. I think of there's only one coaster in reality that is act that's actually happened, and that was the Texas Tornado at Wonderland in Amarillo, which was designed on a cocktail napkin at IAPA and then brought to life in real life. But you went way bigger and saying, you know what, we're going to build a whole mountain with a roller coaster in it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I should say that for me, what, what I really care about is telling a story. And so for me, my home park, the park that we grew up going to was Disneyland. And, you know, I, I enjoy thrill rides just as much as the next guy. But I was really interested into the, the storytelling aspect and how being on a thrill ride uh, forces you into this position um, where you're actually engaged in a story and you're kind of subconsciously making decisions and choices and wondering what's going on. And so we thought, you know, we can't make the biggest thrill ride, but we could probably tell a pretty good story. And uh, we chose the Matterhorn because, well, one, there are little to no animatronics. At first, we were just going to do the glowing eyes like you saw in the, uh, the earlier version of the Matterhorn. But mm -hmm. we decided because we're crazy. <laughs> to make uh, an animatronic as well and uh, it it turned out to be a huge success um, we ran into a lot of hurdles along the way one of which was building the whole thing out of pvc pipe riding it my brother falling off the ride because it derailed 
and then deciding right then that we needed to make it out of steel. And so then we really relied on Will because we were literally at night till midnight, one, two in the morning, every night we're watching all of his videos, studying him. And uh, yeah, so since then, you know, we've, we've made another coaster and uh, we've, we've learned a lot. Uh, what's cool about Magic Texture is that we're a, a group of young professionals who are interested in this thing. And so we all kind of chip in uh, different disciplines and specialties and skills to create these things. You know, it's really incredible to hear how someone like Will sort of follows this passion along with his son to, you know what, on a whim, let's just build a roller coaster. What the heck? Documents it all on social media, on YouTube, on the internet. And then all of a sudden, Sean, you find him through that and say, you know what? Yeah, we could do that and connect with him to make your ride that much better and that much more of a reality. Because let's face it, there's a lot more that goes into these types of designs than just clicking it and designing it in Roller Coaster Tycoon, right? Right, right. No, it, that, uh, a great example of this is it took us uh, seven or eight iterations of a cart before we actually got one that went around because there's so much movement that's required on, on, you know, on your bogies, on your wheels. And uh, I remember after we finished the fourth one and, and it got to the first turn and it just, it just stopped. My brother looked at me and he's like, turns out building a roller coaster is harder than it looks. And it was just like, <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Well, Will, how many iterations did you have to go through on uh, your coasters before you guys got it right? Well, I don't, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I could claim having gotten it right. And I, I would imagine that, that any great coaster designer probably still doesn't think that they've gotten it right. But, um, but to get it to go all the way around the track, it took, it took several, like, so I've, I've built, I think five coasters by now. And, um, and, and each one has gotten a little bit better. Each got one has gotten a little bit less frustrating, a little bit less disappointing. The first one, I mean, the first time we built the cart, we built it out of lumber and PVC and it was, uh, you know, it was built for, you know, 50 pound kids. And so it didn't have to be particularly, um, you know, particularly strong, but it would go a little ways down and then bunch up and get caught on stuff and all of those. And those are just kind of like, Sean is, Sean is like nodding. He's like, yeah, me too. And so that's like, you just, the way Sean and I have been talking about it the last couple of weeks is, is you just kind of, it's like swinging through the jungle from vine to vine and each vine is just a new problem, right? So you, you, you create a problem and you solve it. And then by solving that problem, you create the next problem um, and, and so forth. And so there's, there's these iterations of improvement that happen and, and each one is, is both infuriating and joyful. Right? And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of the, the last one I did, the Gold Boss Coaster that I did a couple of years ago, it was, it was beautiful, right? It wasn't perfect, but it was beautiful. And, you know, it went almost 25 miles an hour and it was super smooth and the helix turn worked out right. And all the math, every, every place we thought it would go a certain speed, it was, I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And that was because of help from all sorts of people, Paul, Greg in Seattle, uh, just like, and so like, we're all we're all sharing crazy ideas and, uh, and, and new techniques, or at least new to us. So. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Will, but didn't one of your coasters actually have an inversion? 
One of my coasters, the last coaster I built, I, I, I think sort of yes and no is the answer to that question. I, I dearly wanted to have a barrel roll um, on the last coaster that I built. And I was, I was just kind of like looking for something to do. And so I thought, you know, what if we took this? We sort of, so we started out thinking maybe we could put like a clockoid loop into it, but we didn't have the, we didn't have the height at the beginning of the launch. And then we thought, well, maybe we could do just like sort of a heart line roll. And, um, and, and that turns out to be a difficult thing to engineer <laughs> and, and build. Um, I think, and so, the cart went through the roll several times and the crash test dummy went through the roll several times. My son Lyle went through the roll once and I don't know how he talked me into going first, but he managed talking me into going first. And then <laughs> I went through it. And then the very next morning I like chopped the thing up because it was just like, it was such a bad idea. <laughs> so it was, it was like, it was like a beating man. And so I did a terrible, terrible job, but I think I could do it better next time. If I would start out building, designing the whole coaster to have that roll in, but I tried to retrofit just a, a flat downhill piece of track. I was like, Oh, well, I'll just have it do a little barrel roll and then all the rest. And so I just like, it ate up so much energy and it was hard to build and, and it wasn't in the, you know, so it was like, I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I wanted to try. And uh, so, so I think, Chris, the answer is no. I've never, I've never built a coaster with a roll in it. If by roll you mean something that was successful and fun to ride. <laughs> I mean, given the fact that uh, you're not, are you a trained engineer or are you just doing this, just trying to learn it as you go? I studied aeronautical engineering in uh, in college, and I'm and I'm a computer engineer, and I'm trained in all, and I'm I'm trained in a lot of ways of thinking ahead of things, um, but you know I'm not a mechanical engineer, and I'm not a material scientist like Paul, and I'm not an architect like Sean, and so I'm just I'm just uh, you know banging away at stuff. <laughs> Hey, you know what? If it fits, it ships, right? Sometimes it just, <laughs> it just goes and it, it just kind of works and it, it hits in that right way. Uh, Sean, when you were building your Matterhorn, which is really awkward to say, and I don't think I've ever said that in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what's going through your head as you realize the scale and the scope of the project that you have now taken on? That, that is a great question. Um, I got to the point where... The track was pretty much done. Uh, we hadn't run a car through it, but the track was pretty much done. And then we got to the point where we were going to have to cover the whole thing in stucco to, you know, make it look like a mountain and not just a pile of sticks. And I actually was, I was ready to pull the plug on the project because I knew at that point how much money it was going to cost and the amount of time it was going to take to by hand coat this thing in stucco. And so I, I clearly remember going to bed that night, looking to my wife, Emily, who is my rock star and, and she's an incredible artist. And uh, she's like, no, you're finishing this thing, Sean. You, you've worked on this thing for this long. You're not giving up now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> the green light, we're gonna go. And uh, it took a long time. It, it took more time to, to theme it, to cover it in stucco than it did to build the entire structure to um, fabricate and weld all the track. It, it took longer to physically cover it in stucco. And 
part of that just had to do with um, the technique that we were using. It, we were learning it as we were going. And the other half of it was that I went to Home Depot and I bought, you know, 25 gallon buckets and we mixed. I, I mean, I'm talking probably 80,000 pounds of stucco by hand in this little mixer. And we would pour it in the five gallon bucket and then we would grab it and we would walk up to the top of the mountain and we were standing up there coating it and 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 uh, mud and uh it was it was crazy but i i was so i was so happy with the end result because it, it was complete there was no there was no like facade like you, you couldn't walk around behind it and see that it was just fake like from the outside you walked all the way around you look at drone footage i mean it was a complete mountain and so i was i was really happy with it when it was done I have to say, is it the highest mountain in your county? <laughs> it's it's it the highest. You can see it from the road. You can see it from the road. Oh, my goodness. Well, so long as you don't have to have a, an FAA blinker on it for being over 200 feet tall. Still, though, you talked a little bit about the, the, the price, and I don't want to necessarily get kind of get into that, but there's a lot of folks out there who have you know made their own smaller versions of either like a Connects coaster or even a popsicle roller coaster. And some people have been able to, you know, be able to be able to build uh, something in their backyard outside of price. What for both, this is for both of you, what drives you to finish this project? I mean, this is obviously something that takes an incredible amount of resources and incredible amount of time uh, of your personal times. What drives you both to do these? I mean, I mean, for me, there, there are, there are key factors, you know, in my life and things that I think are really important. Um, so I think storytelling is really important. I feel like um, the culture is really impacted by, by good storytelling. And um, I, I've already alluded to, you know, my growing up, my, my relationship to, to themed rides. And so for me, it, it's kind of like a, a piece of art, if you will, like, I don't really consider myself an artist, but for me, it's like a way in which to tell a good story and a way to learn to become a better storyteller. Um, and it's a lot of fun because at the end of the day, you have this roller coaster in your that you get to ride. And so I guess, I mean, in summary, what, what drives me to finish it is that, you know, I, I, I set out at the very beginning to tell this story. Um, I had the idea of what the ride story was, and then I'm going to work until I'm able to do that. And Will, how about you? For me, it's, it's been some outside. Um, I've always been, I've always been amazed at, you know, since I first saw Sean's work, I've just been amazed at how he can, how he can do the theming thing. My mine has always been sort of like an engineering, you know, get from here to there um, thing. So, so the first one I, I finished it because my kids wanted it finished. And the second one I finished because my friend that whose house I was building it at, he was, he was like getting ready to have a party. The third one I built for the maker fair, in uh, San Francisco. And so it had to get finished because we had the maker fair. We had a hundred thousand people coming to see the roller coaster. And, um, and the, and the last one that I built in my, um, that I built in my, Oh, one, I didn't finish the one in my front yard. I didn't finish because the neighbors asked me not to build a coaster in the front yard. Um, but then the last one I built, uh, I finished it because Netflix needed me to finish it because, you know, they were interested. And so, so they actually filmed that whole, build thing but but for me it's because i said i would in a lot of ways and i wanted you know i want to see it done i want to ride it but like i'm 
if you don't finish something, it's usually because you run into an obstacle and, and you're like, okay, you know, live to fight another day or something like that. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if we're allowed to use the potty mouth here or not, but like, I don't effing quit. That's why I finish what I start. You're absolutely right. It's really inspirational to be able to see someone who doesn't necessarily have the engineering experience of building a roller coaster, which is a very specialized type of work, be able to create something that creates such a positive buzz, not only just in the roller coaster community, but the entire, you know, online community as a whole, or in like Will's case, you know, the maker community, that's really exciting to see that our hobby is universal. Everyone loves to see these things and especially to be able to see a homegrown one that works as well as it does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a community effort, right? I mean, if you, if you look at the, the, if you go online and you Google backyard roller coaster, you know, you're going to find Sean, you're going to find me and you're going to find a guy named Paul Gregg. I mean, those are, those are like the folks that are, and then, the, and then, you know, and then the other 20% of the videos, but you look through, you find any problem that you've got building your backyard roller coaster, and you're going to find somebody who's had that problem before you and they've got a great solution. And if they have almost a solution, you can reach out and I promise they're going to get back and they're going to, you know, they're going to share designs. They're going to share ideas. They'll get on the phone. I mean, it's just like, it's the most, it's the most, and, and you've got experience with this, Chris, living in the world that you do. They're wonderful people. They're just like, they're generous and kind and enthusiastic. We're just like, we're all gigantic kids. <laughs> that, no, yeah, you're that, absolutely right. Sorry, Kashan, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, that was kind of the surprising thing to me after the Matterhorn was built just all of the people, just the goodwill that was shown um, from, from this entire community of not just backyard roller coaster people, but I mean, people who are doing this professionally. Um, you know, I always looked at the, the ride design world as kind of like up on a pedestal, you can't touch it, but that, that's the farthest thing from the truth. I mean, everyone that I've come into contact with has um, been, as Will said, just so generous. I mean, willing to spend hours of time, you know, on the phone or over Zoom, um, you know, people will travel to come out and help you with these things. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it gives me a lot of hope and inspiration, knowing that there is this community to tap into. You're absolutely right. In this world where there's so much negativity, especially online and social media, projects like this tend to stand out for their positivity because there's something new and different and exciting. And it's just a regular person like you and I going in there and saying, you know what, I'm going to have, I have this passion to build this. I'm going to do it and it's going to work. And there it is. <laughs> it's, it really is kind of that perfect storytelling experience, like you said. So obviously you guys have got quite of experience in terms of building your own rides uh, separate of one another, obviously getting help from each other, but you have another project coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So here's how that happened. Um, during COVID, I spent a lot of time, you know, wandering around the backyard, thinking of things to do, not really building anything. And, and I, and I, I met Sean and Michael and I saw the Matterhorn and I was just like absolutely blown away. And then it, it seemed like 10 minutes later, I saw little thunder, this, this, like, it was like the Matterhorn, but a hundred times more amazing and the theming and the, and the story and the electronics and just the everything of it. I was just, I was floored by this like 
Disney level creativity uh, coming out of this uh, coming out of this backyard up in Napa. And so so I reached out to Sean and, and, and said, hey, man, you, maybe I could stop by sometime. And I got to stop by about like halfway through the Little Thunder build. And um, and I just I just fell in love with the coaster. I fell in love with Sean and his whole family. Just I've, I've never seen such inspired uh, creativity and leadership, uh, which is which is my profession. Um, you know, Sean, he's got to know that he's just like an absolutely inspired and talented leader. He can he can think up something in, in his head and mobilize an army of volunteers to make it come true. And that's seriously impressive. So we became friends and he said, you know, nice things to me. And I said, nice things to him and all that. And then a couple of weeks ago, I, I called him up. It wasn't even a couple of weeks ago, was it, Sean? It was just like a week and a half ago. Seems like longer, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And that's on you, as we previously discussed. <laughs> We've established this, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. So I send Sean an email, and I don't even really expect to get an email back from somebody for like several days, but I send him an email. I'm like, hey, man, I got an idea, and, I, and I, if, if you had a minute, I'd like for you to talk me out of it. Sean replies, yeah, give me a call anytime. I'm around all day. So this was a Saturday morning. And so I give him a call, and I'm saying, hey, I have an idea. I've got this warehouse that I was going to use for some stuff, but I'm not using it for anything anymore. And so it's about 3000 square feet, 25 foot ceilings, pretty big, big roll up doors, a couple of those, uh, lots of electricity, bright light. What if we were to, what if we were to build a, like a space mountain, sort of a coaster inside of it. And, and, and I asked Sean, because, you know, he does the theming. He like knows how to do this. I can, I can build track and make it go fast and bend steel. And, you know, so I'm, I'm sort of like mechanical in that way. But if we want to do something awesome, it would have to be, you know, we would have to get Sean and his gang in on the thing. And and I started the call by saying, look, I have an idea and I'd like you to talk me out of it. And that was the ask. I just wanted to get it out of my head, have somebody tell me, no, that's stupid so that I could go back to my life. And how did that go, Sean? How did you do at the one job you had? Um. Well, I'm pretty bad at, at that sort of thing. So I think I, I totally, I totally blew it. And yeah. uh, I, I thought it was a, an awesome idea. And uh, yeah. I asked, when do we start? Yes. And so, and then if somebody asks, when do we start? Um, somebody asks me that question. My, my, my question in reply is when would now be a good time? Um <laughs> So we started at that very day and we, and we thought up some, you know, we thought up some crazy ways. How could we fund this thing? How could we get people involved in it? How can we spread the good word? And, and so we've thought up some crazy, some crazy ideas about that. And Sean in minutes pulled together the whole magic texture team. And the next morning I wake up to like a media schedule that we all have to adhere to and a list of requirements and email. You know, it was just like, I've never had to run to keep up with anybody in my whole career. Right. I'm the guy that people run to keep up with. Right. And, and I have been running as hard as I can to keep up with <laughs> these <laughs> rotten kids. <laughs> but it's, it's it's a it's a two it's a two way streak there, and I think we've uh, it, it's been really fun to watch the chemical reaction between the folks over on my team at at Magic Texture and then Will because obviously Will Will is you know 
his, like he said, his job is about, you know, training leaders. And so uh, he, he knows very much how to, to run an organization and run a type ship. And so we've basically taken some of the, the things that we learned at Magic Tecture over the years. And I feel like we've just taken it up quite, quite a notch. And Will's right, my, my team, at, they stepped right into line. They're operating on all cylinders. I, I couldn't be more proud of, of them and everything that they're doing. And I know everyone, everyone here is so excited to be part of this project, um, to get to work with Will. Uh, we're so excited about the prospect of this coaster because I think it's gonna blend kind of the best of both of us. Um, you know, one of the things with Little Thunder, as good as Little Thunder was, you know, it was a little bumpy at times. And, you know, there were aspects of the track that I think could be improved. And you look at the Gold Boss and how fast and smooth that ride is. And you're just like, holy cow, like we're going to bring the control systems and some of the theming we do, and we're going to have that level of coaster, but it's going to be even better because you just get better with, with each iteration, like, like yeah. we've been discussing here. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. This one will be a dark ride. So we're going to, we've got, we've got like a climate controlled light controlled box you know, that we can, that we can really, really work with. And so, uh, so just, just so many possibilities and, and uh, actually tomorrow, one of the things that we're doing is we're having like, I think twice a week, public team meetings where the whole team gets on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter spaces, all of the, you know, all of that. And we do, um, and we do public brainstorming public team meetings we answer questions from the comments everybody and so we're really just involving the heck out of everybody in this in this creation so so we're doing the first of those but but we've got we started out with this kind of space mountain vibe and and it's and then the other day sean you want to i don't know well maybe we should save it i don't know but but like the story has evolved yeah um because yeah, like, and you can't stop these guys. I mean, they just like, they, it just comes off of them. This, this it gets crazier every, every minute. Well, we certainly don't want you to spoil anything, obviously, because this sounds like a really exciting project. And I know coming from an experience of doing a major project that involves a lot of people with the arrow documentary with ACE. Yeah, yeah. You don't realize just how much or how many layers of that onion you're going to have to peel to be able to get to that final product. And it takes way more work and effort that nobody ever sees, but it doesn't matter. So long as that final product comes out and you both know this from, you know, the brides that you've created, so long as they're well-received and they're given that, that positive affection towards them, gosh, it makes the entire effort as stressful and as difficult as it can be absolutely worth it yeah 100 percent. and the uh you know i'm i'm really excited about about like super high level of transparency in this creation because we really do want to involve i mean you know i mean over the years you know millions of people have watched videos of my stuff and videos of sean's stuff and paul greg up in seattle and all these all of these really cool folks that are getting in on the thing and we really do want to we do we want to give try to create this opportunity where people can ask questions and get them answered live and, and make suggestions and have those things show up in the actual build. And, and that's that we haven't been able to do that before because you make a video about something you build. By the time the video drops, you're like three steps past whatever that video was about. 
And in this one, we're doing it so different. We're doing it, you know, we're having these brainstorming sessions and these ideas and story sessions before we build anything. We're going to build the whole thing in SolidWorks or Rhino or some, some modeling tool before we actually start bending steel. And so, so we can keep everybody in the mix um, as, as we go through this. And so it's a, it's, we're not, we're not rushing to get it done. Right. We want, we, we got a big tent. We want everybody in that tent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What I, what I've learned just in my short time in this theater is that pretty much everyone knows something that I don't know as far as coaster building goes. Every, everyone that I've talked to that has, you know, any interest in roller coasters is going to inform me about something that I didn't know. And the fact that we're now expanding that to the internet in these live sections twice a week, um, super accessible. Uh, I, I mean, we had, we had our first one on Friday um, just a few days ago. And I mean, that was, that was really thrilling just to be able to talk to people in such a casual way. And you just had no idea what questions were going to come. And I mean, I think there was one guy who, who had a really good suggestion about, um, about the, the track layout. And so I, I'm really excited to see as we gain some momentum, as more people kind of find out about what we're doing, you know, the, the feedback that we're going to get. And then hopefully people will also be interested in helping with some of the fabrication and stuff as well. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And that was actually my next question, which is where can people find out more information about this project? The, the best thing to do at the moment, we're in the, we're in the process of building a website. We're in the process of, you know, putting together a whole bunch of stuff. We've got some crazy ideas about how to pay for the whole darn deal, how to make sure it's carbon neutral um, and, um, and, and all of that sort of stuff. And so the, so the best place to go right now is to, we've set up a discord server so that people can come and get involved and ask questions. And so you can go to, um, you can go to discord.gg slash coaster punks, C-O-A-S-T-E-R-P-U-N-K-S. And so you can go to the coaster punks discord. That's where we want everybody to gather. That's where the entire team, the whole coast, you know, so the, so the coaster punks team is a, is a combination of, um, of the magic texture team and my gang and, um, and my gang does, you know, business and technical consulting and stuff like that. And so I'm just like, I'm just making the people that work for me do silly things. <laughs> so, Although that's what okay the industry is all about though, right? Just, yeah. you know, these yeah. professional quote unquote professionals doing ridiculous things. Like I need you to go find an elephant statue. Yeah. yeah. Okay, boss. No problem. We got that. Yep. And we've gotten some awesome attention. We've gotten, um, we've, we're, we're in the beginning of making friends with um, one of my, one of my personal heroes, Carrie Byron from the Mythbusters gang. And so Carrie is, Carrie has started to take a little bit of an interest in the project. And we think we're going to see a lot more than that. And we're, and we've gotten pings from just like, you know, my heroes, right. Maker, maker folks and, uh, and technical folks. And it's just, it's such a cool project that, that like, and we're doing it on at such a big scale that, um, you know, somebody, somebody put somebody put out a comment, uh, on one of the videos we made the other day that we released and somebody said, Hey, maybe you should reach out to Mark Rober. And I was like, yeah, maybe Mark Rober should reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> Cause, 
Because I don't care what he's built. This is going to be the coolest thing that either Mark or I have ever built. And so, you know, so, so challenge. <laughs> to say, if Mark is listening to the Ace Ride With Us podcast, first of all, thank you for subscribing. And second of all, the gauntlet has been laid. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should reach out to me, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast, telling us about your love of coasters and how you took that passion, were able to find one another as a result of that shared interest and are now creating something truly unique and really, really special. Can't wait to check in with you guys in a little, you know, a couple months, maybe a, few, a year or so from now and see where, how things are going. Check them out, folks. Will Pemble, Sean La Rochelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us. All right, cool. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thanks, Chris. This was great. You know, Derek, when you talk about someone who's really passionate about rides in general, and you have an opportunity to talk with people like that, man, it is such a cool and unique thing to be able to do. And the folks behind this indoor coaster project are really they're on a whole nother level when it comes to some of the stuff they're doing. I can't wait to see how it turns out. They're passionate about it. I'm excited to see yeah, something unique for sure. And speaking of unique and coming up soon, we've got CoasterCon just on the horizon. Now, as of this recording, registration hasn't opened just yet, but be sure to check CoasterCon.com, which will have the latest and most updated information. Right now, though, the schedule has been released and Derek, I got to ask you, what's the thing you're looking forward to the most? <laughs> I'm looking forward to all of it. I have to tell you that I've been trying to get on that Junior Gemini Wilderness Run first Intamin coaster that I guess you have to have a kid to ride. I've been trying. I've been wanting to get on that for years. So I'm excited for the Tuesday morning. I'm going to run right after Magnum XL 200 ERT and get on that because you can only go on it at a special event. And thanks to CoasterCon and Ace, we're able adults are able to ride it without a kid. So that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to. But I love nighttime ERT and the first night that kickoff with Steel Vengeance and Maverick. It's going to be intense. It's going to be awesome. Uh, what are you looking forward to most? You know, I'm looking forward to just the camaraderie, seeing everybody. I know this is going to be a really popular convention considering where it's going to be at both Cedar Point and Kennywood, both great parks and with an incredible amount of history behind them, not just in terms of length of time they've been around, but coasters as well. And their collection is spectacular. So I'm really looking forward to getting able to experience that and experience it with all my ACE friends there. It's going to be really exciting. And all I can say is, I don't think you really want to miss the business meeting. I don't know why. I just got a feeling. I, I just, there's just something about it. Like you just don't want to miss it this year. Just a hunch. History making. It could be history in the making. So we're really looking forward to seeing everybody out there uh, at con. Again, if you want to check out more information about it, Go to CoasterCon.com. It'll have currently the schedule for CoasterCon and registration uh, should be opening soon. As of this recording, it's not, but just be ready because as soon as it's open, you want to get in on that. Yeah, so it's going to be a dream come true going to Cedar Point and Kennywood for a CoasterCon with all this exclusive ride time and behind the scenes tours. And of course, all the food. My brother was looking at the schedule and he's already excited for different ERT sessions and the different meals. So he's excited about that. It would not, as Jeffrey Siebert says at Fiesta, Texas, it would not be an ACE event if there wasn't good food. 
right? One thing after another to look forward to. And I'm definitely looking forward to a spring con, which is coming up so soon. And I can't believe over 450 people registered for it. People are excited. Yeah, Busch Gardens Tampa and SeaWorld Orlando. That is an awesome combination for spring con and a great time of the year to go as well. So going to be a great time at either of those conventions. So we'll look forward to seeing you all out there, hopefully real soon. Well, my sincerest thanks to my co-host this month, Derek Perry. Thank you so much, Derek, for coming on the show with us as always. Thank you for having me. I always have a blast talking to you about roller coasters and ace events. Most definitely. And if you've got a comment or if you want to be part of the podcast, send us an email, podcast at aceonline.org. Let us know what you think. What part of CoasterCon are you most looking forward to? We would love to be able to hear it. Thanks also to everyone who helps make the podcast possible. We appreciate all of our volunteers and look forward to seeing you out at a park real soon. Bye, everybody. With us is volunteer produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts. ACE is a registered 501c3 charitable organization founded for the preservation and enjoyment of roller coasters around the world. Visit aceonline.org for more information.